you know, she obviously has the ability to check my ears and see what's going on and things. Uh, I'm not deaf, I just have selective hearing apparently. Um, <laughs> so what do you say? Uh, uh, it's, huh? huh? Uh, <laughs> what we do here is go back, 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 back. We're back. And we're back with another episode of the Bros and Brews podcast. This is season three, episode seven of the Bros and Brews podcast. Um, last time we did an episode was on Harry Potter, unrelated to this week's topic. But the episode <laughs> before that was the first part of our public service slash public servants trilogy and today we are back with part two of that um of course the first part of the trilogy was looking at uh, what we labeled the defenders uh people who uh, public servants that work within uh police uh new zealand military firefighters uh, security guards you know people i guess whose primary primary role in Society uh, from a career perspective is to to protect the citizens of Aotearoa, uh, and today we are shifting the lens slightly and turning it towards healthcare workers, um, which is just as broad and varied as kind of the defenders. So we've decided to to title this this group of people uh, as the healers, mm. Um, mm. which you know is maybe a little bit silly and maybe isn't the right term, but you know we're gonna go we're gonna rock with the healers, um, <laughs> and yeah, what we want to talk about today is I, I guess just how healthcare in New Zealand very broadly um you know this is not a topic or, or a focus career-wise that Matt and I are particularly informed on um in comparison to some other things we could talk about but that's the whole reason to have this conversation is to talk about healthcare and healthcare workers and their role and whether they're undervalued or overvalued underpaid overpaid uh the role of people who work within our broader healthcare systems in new zealand and why we need to be sort of thankful for them and aware of kind of the way that that uh, part of society operates um so that's gonna be the focus of today as always you know the things we talk about are just our opinions and our perspectives they come from our own individual lenses uh we wanted to flag right at the top you know that neither of us come from a long line of of doctors and nurses or you know we're not ninth generation surgeons and i can specifically say for myself i don't know anyone that's a nurse i don't know anyone that's a doctor so a lot of this is from research that we've done for this episode or speaking generally about our experiences within the public healthcare system and private healthcare system and sort of what we know from politics and news over kind of the last couple of years um so yeah that's today episode two of the public servants trilogy uh i'm gonna throw it over to you matt if you want to launch in wherever uh let's <laughs> let's pop the the bowl off this proverbial medicine cabinet and um medicine cabinet no it'd be it would be pop pop the the, the cap off this the medicine cap. bottle i've butchered it anyway you pop start the cap off this roof yeah um yeah no uh, uh yeah obviously um as james said uh yeah we're, we're not experts and we are coming from yeah what 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 we see uh believe and what we just really want to talk about um yeah i really just wanted to start um kind of with my experience with it in the sense of uh my mother um i one of my um you know coolest memories is i remember when mum graduated from nursing 
Uh, I remember going to the graduation ceremony um, and me and grandma just being, you know, so happy and proud of her getting through what, her, what? yeah, getting through her training and everything like that and, and going through uni or uh, I guess tech in, in that sense. I'm not entirely sure how it works in the, in the training for nursing and stuff. Um, but no, I remember the kind of, you know, I was in the kindy or the, or the creche um, that was attached to where she was, where she was studying. Um, so, you know, we would go together, she would drop me at the crash and she would go on. And at the end of the day, she'd get me and then we would head back home kind of thing. Um, so yeah, I mean, that was, uh, you know, a lot of my, my childhood was that. Um, and then, yeah, I remember mum was, was a nurse. Um, she was up at Waikato hospital for a little bit. Um, she also worked at, um, mum will remind me, but I can't actually remember off the top of my head. Um, but attached to Waikato hospital, hospital is the kind of um uh, I guess you know I'm trying to tiptoe here and be careful with what I say so I obviously don't want to offend anyone but it was more of the kind of mental rehabilitation um so people that you know needed a lot more mental health and mental care um so you know they, they there was a team that would go and you know help people away from certain situations and take them there and they would look after them and care for them and things like that I remember that that was a really big part um for her for a few years um she also um, uh, worked in a medical center as well. Um, well, obviously, you know, kind of, a, you know, your GP, your, your general practice where people could go into the medical center and they would, you know, go into her room and she would give her opinion on what was going on, her um, informed, you know, practi- practical opinion. Um, and then uh, in kind of the later down the line, um, she actually went into audiology um, and she trained to specialize uh, with, with people's hearing. Um, which was a really cool move um, for mum because my uncle is deaf. So growing up around the deaf community, which I've talked about before on this podcast, and, uh, you know, it was really cool to see mum kind of move into that field of, of, of audiology. And, you know, she's obviously has the ability to check my ears and see what's going on and things. Uh, I'm not deaf. I just have selective hearing, apparently. Um, Sorry, what do you say? <laughs> uh, it's, huh? huh? Uh, <laughs> And yeah, so I kind of, it's, um, cause my grandma was also a nurse, um, back in the day as well. So it's funny. They haven't told me like a whole bunch of stories. Like I don't have a lot of, you know, exciting or, or frantic stories about their experience being nurse and things, but I remember that it was, yeah, a big involvement in their life. Um, and I mean, I guess at the moment my, my mum is kind of caring for my grandma, uh, at the moment, um, grandma's good. She's kicking. Um, but mum is staying with her at the moment and kind of providing her with just a <laughs> eyes on her to make sure she, <laughs> she doesn't do anything wrong. Um, but yeah, I guess in, in, in that sense of just starting off this episode, you know, healthcare and, and, you know, medical professionals and things, um, I kind of was, you know, kind of got a, uh, I said this to James, you know, the rose tinted glasses of watching mum, uh, kind of do her thing for a, for a long while but um, I know it wasn't easy for her and I also know that you know m- money was hard um, but I think we were very privileged in the sense of me being an only child um, and and having support in the family and things maybe not a lot of support um, but yeah we you know we got through and we still got you know uh, small little bits of oh, I'll say it I guess privilege more than others um, so yeah that's where that's where I was just gonna gonna start that of, of my story of, of being connected with with health workers. Yeah, nice way to kick in, man. And I absolutely 
botched what I said at the start when I say we don't come from a long we don't line. Come from, I didn't yeah. realize that you came from two, <laughs> two generations on your mum's side. But I think what what I say stands true in that, I guess, in terms of our tight circles of, yeah. again, people that we, we know it's you know not, mm. not something that we have an into. But really interesting because I didn't really know that about uh, your upbringing, you know, the specifics of you kind of being at the 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 crash attached to where your <laughs> your mum worked and yeah I think everyone comes at these sorts of topics from the perspective of how you've grown up in your relation to it mm. um, and I guess that's would be where I I would start off is that talking about healthcare you you just don't think about it until you need it right yeah exactly it's that classic thing of unless you're sick or a family member of yours is sick or a friend is sick and they are in need of medical assistance whether it be urgent or have the flu or you know it's not until that point that we realize how much we rely on people to keep us well yeah um i know you've got a big list of of healthcare jobs to sort of you know really open up the scope on what it means to be a healthcare worker but it's just the classic case right like uh, it's only when you get sick that you go damn i remember how good it was to not be sick um and i definitely think uh as humanity generally you know i don't think this is just a new zealand thing i don't think it's just a young person thing although maybe slightly more than you know the older you get the more appreciative you become of the healthcare workers and healthcare system is we we kind of forget about it until you need it. And it's yep. when you need it, you rely on it and you're like, Oh, why is there such big lines? And why does this take so long? And why mm. is medicine so expensive? And mm. we find it difficult to keep that at the, or at least I can only say from my own individual perspective, I find it difficult to keep that in mind when you are completely well and kicking, which is why it's important to have these kind of conversations when we aren't in any, you know, immediate need of significant medical attention um even though we are living within you know a great big worldwide pandemic and that is a sort of a key in i guess for this episode and also generally the the trends of what's been happening and the discussions around healthcare within new zealand and the world at large i suppose but we're focusing on aotearoa is what healthcare workers uh frontline workers sort of give up and put on the line in order to protect the rest of the country and that has really become at the forefront of how we think about healthcare workers over the last few years because that's kind of been the main focus right covid comes in with the doctors and the nurses the people doing the vaccinations and doing the tests they're the people most at risk to get infection they Mm. are the people that are looking after the sick people um and you know it's all very well for you and i to sit at home and go oh we don't want to don't want to go out in case you know we locations of interest but these are people that that is that is their job and that is what they're doing uh, yeah. part of what they're doing um but i thought maybe it would be appropriate to discuss uh healthcare workers as an overall bracket of of career paths and jobs i know you have the great big list but when we think of healthcare workers traditionally we think of doctors and we think of nurses and obviously there's so much more to uh healthcare workers and that obviously doctors are very important um obviously nurses are very important um but yeah there's so many other 
career paths uh, that make up the the healthcare workers. I'll just say a couple that I kind of came up with before you mm-hmm. got to the list. Um, one that I thought of was paramedics and ambulance drivers. Yep. You know, that kind of immediate on the scene emergency response. Um, caregivers and aged residential care workers, you know, people yep. that look after the elderly, whether it be uh, in a rest home or, you know, there are, there are a huge number of people across the country that go into private uh residences you know not a a group aged care facility who will go in and and help people wash or they'll go and do Mm. their cleaning and um you know that's a massive side of the healthcare industry that a lot of people sort of forget exists uh and midwives is another classic one um but i'm interested to hear your your big old list of of different (laughs) kinds of healthcare workers yeah, no, yeah, yeah, you've you've obviously said a few. Um, also, just on that point, I completely forgot. My my auntie uh, works in uh, aged care facility, uh, as well. Um, so yeah, that that is her job most of the time. Um, and yeah, we do hear that it is a very hard environment uh, to to be a part of. Um, but yeah, and my my grandma also does have a caregiver that comes around every now and then to also help mum out with things as well. So, um, yeah, very 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 important in the healthcare. Um, but yeah, look, I'm gonna I'm gonna list through a few things and they're kind of just like quick synopsis of what they're about, and then I'm just gonna kind of you know riddle through a few others because it, it, it is massive, and I haven't got all of them either. Um, but I'll start it off. Uh, what I said before, general practitioner. Basically, you know, a doctor or, you know, a person who has done the training, uh, who works in a general practice clinic or um, a medical center. So someone you can go to, uh, which we hear quite a lot with the COVID, go go see a GP. Uh, nurse, as you said, obviously. Um, pharmacists, um, you know, someone who's an expert in medicine. You, got, you know, your pharmacists, pharmacist assistants, all of that kind of stuff. Uh, occupational therapists, so that an allied health professional who uh, has had the training in occupational therapy. So, you know, it might happen uh, in a workplace or things like that, but basically getting people back to where they need to be. Um, social workers as well are also seen under um, the healthcare um, kind of umbrella of it all. Um, so, you know, social workers, they do a lot of social work, obviously. It's in the, it's in the name. Um, psychiatrists, a uh, doctor who specializes in mental health or psych- psychiatry. Um, obviously, similar vein to that is also a psychologist. Um, so expertise and aspects of psychology, you know, uh, with the human mind and human behavior and things like that. Um, you've got speech and language therapists as well. They obviously help with speech and language um, in the terms of, you know, uh, just relearning. Um, midwife, as you said, uh, health improve improvement practi- practitioner, uh, registered mental health uh, and addiction pra- uh, practitioner. So help with mental health and addiction. Um, you got a, a oh what what man? I'm looking at my writing right now and it is messy as heck. Uh, oh, it says chiropractor. <laughs> so yeah, obviously chiropractor people help with bones, muscle, and joints and things like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's heaps. Look, you've got uh, you've got audiologists, optometry, veterinarians as well are also seen under healthcare. Obviously for animals, but it is still healthcare. Uh, naturopaths, dentists, uh, medical researchers, dietitians, neurotrists, health and safety advisors, health and safety in workplace, health and safety on a movie set, health and safety within stage. 
Um, you've also got technologists, so more of the kind of technology aspect of uh, research and also in hospitals and things like that. Um, and then clinical administrators, so the people that just work in administration and things like that. Um, and I mean, that that's a long list, but it's a very small list um, of what is seen as healthcare. I mean, as you said before, James, paramedics as well um, is, you know, I put them in a similar vein of obviously with our police officers and our firefighters. They are the front line. They're on, they're on the field um, having to, you know, respond, first responders, I should say, uh, to a lot of what's going on. Um, and then all of these, are, you know, very much specialists and things like that. You head to your GP, they refer you to somewhere else you go to hospital and they'll refer you to somewhere else your nurses and doctors and things like that so it's a, it's a massive massive web of all of these different types of people that are there for our health and safety you know not just our physical health but our mental health as well um our pet's health also it's uh it's 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 a it's a crazy world when you really dive into it and uh yeah just understand the amount of work that goes on to kind of uh, creating and perfecting our human form, I guess. Well, not perfecting, protecting our human form. Yeah, I just did a quick Google, and I mean, this is a random website. I mean, it's not a random website, it's statistica.com, so I believe that they're probably <laughs> drawing stats from somewhere. Um, <laughs> but a, a rough Google uh, seems to suggest that there are 253,000 people in New Zealand that work in healthcare and social assistance. So that's mm. one in 20 New Zealanders. One in 20, yeah. Which is crazy. Yeah. But I mean, it seems like an unreal amount that if you if you lined up that many people, every 20th person would have something to do with healthcare. But I think that just shows how we don't really understand how, or, or it's difficult to grasp how big the healthcare industry is and what a big part of society it makes up um from careers and jobs perspectives because a lot of the time we do minimize healthcare to just doctors and nurses doctors and nurses a yeah. couple that you didn't say on your list that came to mind just while you were saying was uh surgeons specifically yes, i mean that's a whole kind yeah, of of different group of uh work that you know you might just say oh well, they're doctors but you know they work very specifically um physiotherapists Mm. there are so many different kinds of healthcare workers um, that make up such a large proportion of our society. And, you know, if you go through life, this is just, I guess, philosophical, but how likely is it that you go through life never needing to go to the GP or see a nurse or you break a bone or, you know, it's, it's something that we all interact with differently based on the peculiarities of our own specific life. But, you know, it's, it's just something that we, we, we're constantly interacting and and with and i guess this brings me back to the whole covid pandemic is that the last couple of years has really shone the light on different countries healthcare systems yeah where they succeed where they fail uh all the infrastructure in place um i mean to do a sort of metaphor of wellington where we've figured out in the last couple of years that the the waterways in wellington all the piping infrastructure is just it's just so old and broken yeah. and has had to be fixed in it it's just kind of i guess the the chickens coming home to roost is we've just left it for too long and just presumed that it would all be fine and i think the last couple of years both for new zealand and other countries has really shone the light on the healthcare systems and gone you know are these working do they need changes and ultimately kind of 
the response is yeah the healthcare system in New Zealand is is broken and you know Matt and I aren't afor- informed enough to go into massive details on oh the change of the DHB system they're going to make it one big one and they removed all these DHB you know we we don't have the insight to go into that but we want to talk in broad terms about the issues being addressed uh, and you know changes that need to be made and I guess the two key issues to focus on within healthcare is the fact that there aren't enough people staff shortages Mm. and that there are people working in healthcare that simply aren't being paid enough for the amount of work that they do um and it's it's been highlighted by uh the situation of healthcare workers who have been you know working in hospitals uh working within the sort of immediate covid response teams and you know as soon as as soon as there's a, a case you know you have to stand down all these these people because they, yeah. they can't work and all of a sudden it's, it's like well who's who's picking up the slack you know they're already working seriously long hours uh and high stress environment you know think of how stressful it is to work in a hospital usually and then add in the fear of you know a, a pandemic it's just a whole lifestyle and existence and career that i just just literally can't fathom and you know the kind of typical um response to hospitals so people that have nothing to do with that line of work is kind of going to hospitals and i've definitely been guilty of it and you go oh hospitals are gross they just yeah. make you feel sick and it's like yeah people spend 12 hours a day working in there exactly um, fighting to save people's lives and make people better and give them surgery and give them medicine and uh, you know it's it's impossible to fathom how people just go go about that and i mean uh, there's this this word that has kind of been used a lot to describe healthcare workers in the last year or two that's kind of controversial and that is this whole concept of their heroes and mm. all these these you know healthcare workers we need to treat them as heroes and you know we've heard from friends of, of nurses and doctors that i mean that term is kind of insulting in some ways because it almost fictionalizes and and mm. uh, removes from reality the work that these people are doing and kind of obscures the the gritty reality of the long hours the workload the physical risk to self the physical stress uh and the mental stress that is going on with people working in the healthcare industry and that's why we've seen so many nurses strikes um because the unions you know they just want better working conditions for the people that you know are are working within these these industries Mm. and it's it's such a complex issue in some in some ways it seems not complex at all these people are doing a service to the country they deserve to be paid more they deserve to have easier working uh conditions because we need them to be you know on top form to be able to provide the service that we that we need <laughs> yeah. you know it's, pr- it's pretty easy to convince someone that oh yeah nurses and doctors probably should be paid a little bit more but then the flip side of that is you know wh- where does the money come from and yeah. again you know we're not experts on government budget and we don't want to weigh in too heavily on anything but it's just it's complicated because in the same way of thinking about you know mental health we've seen there aren't enough clinical psychologists there's aren't enough psychiatrists it's a six to 12 month waiting period to go and get someone to try and get diagnosed with adhd and similar uh, mental health conditions there's just not enough people and it's easy to to point to a problem and say hey we need more staff hey these people need to be paid more money but in some ways the 
the solutions really difficult. It's like, well, where are these people coming from? Mm. Um, obviously, you know, you can have, if they're getting paid more, the incentive for people to come into these careers are, are higher. And I'm interested to speak a little bit later on in my experience, you know, working with medical students at the University of Otago a facility based in Wellington. But man, you just, you just look at uh, a system that is as broad as healthcare and you just go, wow, how can we possibly fix this? Because it, everything that ever comes out just points to the whole system kind of being in tatters and slowly breaking apart, kind of like an earthquake prone building where you look at it and you go, oh, that, you know, if you just leave this for long enough, it's going to fall down. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I think, I mean, speaking to what you were saying before about, you know, health healthcare workers, you know, not being one and. Uh, you know to be called heroes and things that's the reason because it's 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 words over action you know it's you can you can say nice things but where's where's the action behind it you know and i think that's that's all they want they they want the the proper treatment when it comes down to it but yeah i think you know infrastructure and things it's hard I, i think we've been for me personally you know this is obviously my opinion on the matter and people may see it differently my opinion on the matter of our infrastructure and the way with COVID and how it's worked and things like that, we should be, you know, I, I'm very thankful for the way the government has handled the way that they've handled the pandemic. Because if they hadn't, our infrastructure might have not been able to handle more cases, more hospitalizations, more people in ICU and things like that. You know, I think the uh, this is a very broad number, me bringing it out of my head. I think the most people we've had in hospital at one point is somewhere around the 50, 60 mark. You know, in ICU, there's probably been about 10 people at a time. It only takes a glance overseas to other, you know, other you know infrastructures, you know, in, in other countries and things. And that was the big thing. There wasn't enough hospitals. There wasn't enough beds. There weren't enough... Um, um, respiratory systems to help these people that had COVID and things like that. And so, you know, I, I say, unfortunately, that's the way, you know, we had to do the way that we did it here in the country with elimination, because I'm pretty sure if we hadn't have done that, our infrastructure wouldn't have been able to handle it. And so, I mean, that's a problem in itself, I guess, the fact that our infrastructure wouldn't wouldn't have been able to handle it. That is a problem. So, but we've had to respond the way that we've responded to to just kind of that is the reality of the situation that we're in right now i'm not saying that it's the right reality at all but i'm just that's it's the cards we were dealt with and it's just the hand we had to play um so yeah i mean it's it's really interesting i mean look new New zealand's infrastructure isn't you know isn't all all bad compared to others and in the country and stuff i say this because um i i had a look um, and this is coming from the World Index of Healthcare Innovation. So innovation and where we kind of rank, you know, globally and things like that. Um, and gl- globally, uh, healthcare system and things like that, we're actually ranked 20th in the world. It's, it's not up there. It's not at the top. But it's definitely not at the bottom. It's not even in the middle. It's pretty good. So, you know, obviously that's due to population. It's due to the GDP and the system um, that we run on, you know, socialized kind of thing. Um, so, yeah, we are we are 20th um, due to quality. Apparently, we're the sixth in the world um, uh, to choice. So the choice of kind of, you know, affordability and insurance and things like that. We're 23rd. Uh, science and technology we're 21st and uh, the sustainability uh, we're 16th 
So, I mean, it, it's you compare it to other countries, we, we definitely don't have the best, but we, we definitely don't have the worst. And I think that's, you know, obviously the privilege and the thankfulness we can, we can look at our country and be like, yeah, well, I mean, we are doing well. But we know firsthand, looking at the people that are on the front line doing the work, that it could be better. I think there's a difference of making things uh, kind of run and last, but the way you're doing that is harming the people that are actually doing the work. Uh, one thing that kind of got me when it came to COVID and things like that was the whole kind of glorifying uh, COVID as kind of like a war. You know, like when I think of the front line, I think of, uh, you know, like our protectors, you know, the um, the army, I think of the front line, the army and things like that. But we call our frontline workers because they are literally at the front of this war with COVID. It's like you were saying before, you know, the it's, it's not uh, bullets and missiles and guns and things like that. It's biological, which is even more scary in itself. And so they are in the front line of all of these things. But like I said, I don't, I don't like to to glorify COVID in the sense of wartime and things and, and, and a game and stuff because it's it's not we're, we, you know we're not playing with people's lives but yeah I think it's 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 so hard to kind of I mean like you said James to kind of whittle it all down and, and we don't have the answers we don't um, but I think it's just yeah it's very I mean <laughs> where do we go I mean you know I, I know as individuals we can't do a lot um, and a lot of our healthcare and a lot of our systems are in place, obviously, because of the government and things like that. And the government's before them and the government's before them and the way that it was built up. You know, it's not all one person's fault. Um, it is the, 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 the path that has been paved to get to this point. I guess it's really, you know, where, what is the path forward? We, you know, it's like you were saying, where do things need to be moved in order to get in the right direction? But I guess the problem is, is that it's a, it's a, it's a scales, right? You take one from one thing from one other thing is another thing going to suffer in order to, you know, get something better. It's, it's hard. It's hard. That's I, I, the end of my kind of <laughs> mindless ramble with that one. No, it wasn't mindless at all. And it certainly wasn't a ramble. <laughs> Um, I mean, that's an interesting through line into the next episode that we do in this trilogy, which is t- talking about politicians and the role of politics. And, yeah. you know, as you've said, it's it's up to the current government to respond to and deal with and change decades and centuries of infrastructure in, in front of it. And that's such a difficult task for anyone because, you know, you all of a sudden you're in charge and you have to figure out how to fix a system that isn't necessarily something that you have created, but that is the whole role of politicians. Mm. And, you know, we'll get much more into that both within healthcare and outside of healthcare in the the next episode. But yeah, yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. As with everything on this, this show, we, we look at it through a healthy dose of New Zealand perspective. And obviously we can only exist within our own uh, specific framework, but it is also helpful to, look at the world at large and see how we compare and as always my two uh, comparison points are having lived in america united states Mm. america and having lived in in england um where the healthcare systems are are quite different in the uk you have the nhs the national health service where you pay a specific tax nhs tax comes out of you know your the equivalent of paye uh every paycheck you go oh damn why am i paying for that nhs you know i'm not sick 
but it means that when you go and you book a, a GP appointment, if you go to the hospital, you don't pay anything because you are paying for that a hundred percent or, you know, for general, for general things, um, sort of as the year goes by. And so that system is different to New Zealand where it's like a membership. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, you know, we pay tax in New Zealand and some of that subsidized your public house health service and there's always private health service but the NHS is quite different in that it always felt a bit strange to go to the doctor and like get a vaccination I think I got like measles and mumps vaccination there and getting diagnosis you know I was there for two years and some things happened and went and saw the doctor and never paid anything at the sort of point of the assistance because you pay for it uh, at other times Um, comparatively and I mean I've I won't go into details about the NHS, but Lord knows that they've had all their own problems yeah. throughout COVID. Yeah. Um, and then in the States, the kind of classic uh, description is that America has no health, free healthcare. That's mm. why Obamacare has been so problematic. And, you know, it's always a key thing in American politics is what are you going to do about universal healthcare? Because so many people in America can't afford to do anything. Mm. The classic example is, you know, people at university there always say, don't ever call me an ambulance. I don't care if I'm bleeding out on the side of the street, don't call it because I can't afford it. You know, the bill will be 10,000 American dollars, which just sounds ludicrous to us because we have St. John's free ambulance and, and similar healthcare infrastructure. That means you don't get, punished significantly financially yeah. all the time. I mean, sometimes you do yeah. uh, in the same way that you do in America. I'm not sure I've told this story before, but I on the podcast at least, but I am close friends with a guy who went on exchange to America, uh, was playing in a, in a rugby game for the college, uh, got injured, went to uh, you know a hospital and they sort of wouldn't let him get seen to because he didn't have his kind of insurance card to show that he had health oh. cover. Um, and then so the hospital wouldn't see him. They were just like, no, nah, sorry, we don't have any proof that you can pay us and sort of said you have to go to the equivalent of after hours A&E as we have it here in New Zealand. And so he went there because uh, they would see him and the bill that he got to for what was essentially not, not a not a checkup uh you know there was sort of some scans on some things i won't go into the details um but uh, i've seen the picture of the bill which was like sixteen thousand us dollars Ooh, <laughs> just yuck. just like just so stupid i mean it got paid for in the end by his insurance and or but man just when you compare that to the system in new zealand it's like whoa yeah. Things could be so much worse. But also, we live in this country and we have to compare this country to what this country could be if we make um, mm. certain changes. And, and yeah, absolutely. I, I support nurses' pay going up. Absolutely. The, the work conditions need to be better. And as you say, thankful for how the government has handled COVID so that the DHBs haven't been overrun. But, you know, ideally, you want the infrastructure to be in a place where we're not so scared <laughs> yeah. of that. Yep. happening exactly. you know, those two truths can kind of exist um at the same time totally. um one thing that i did want to mention was some sort of pay ban stuff as we had done with um the protectors episode where we talked about you know what uh sort of entry-level police get paid and defense force and i think it's always helpful to mention the numbers sometimes because yep. if you kind of have absolute no idea you just think oh well they get paid x thousands of dollars but 
This is stuff article on June the 9th, 2021. I know there's been a number of nurses strikes since then. Uh, so I don't know if sort of the, the pay has gone up in, in promise or anything, but at least at that stage. Uh, and again, similar to your list of healthcare workers, I'll just sort of rattle through this. Yeah. Uh, nurses and other workers covered by this agreement are paid on a scale according to qualifications and seniority. This is the New Zealand Nurses uh, Organization, so their union. Um, healthcare assistants start at $40,000 a year through to 48000 uh, This sort of uh, proposed agreement looking to push it up to forty-five to fifty-three. That gives you sort of uh, an example of the, the pay rises. Um, suggested enrolled nurses currently pay between 48000 and 57000 um, Senior midwives, 79000 for grade two through to 130000 for grade eight. Absolutely no idea what the grades mean do the research yourself um registered nurses uh yeah i think it's 54 to seventy-seven thousand. um management roles for senior nurses 79,000 grade two through to 130,000 for grade eight um just sort of as a rough indication of you know where everyone sits on these these scales because you know you and i as artists and hospitality workers and retail workers we kind of don't really understand the whole pay band uh work existence but that's kind yeah. of standard through most industries is that you start on this amount and once you've been there a certain amount of time you move up to this amount and so all the negotiations within these unions and bargaining is always everyone we want people to be able to get paid x percent more as we know you know rents are going up cost of living is going up so people's wages need to need to go up um yeah, it'd be fascinating. I mean, if I had a close friend who was a nurse or a doctor, it would have been the kind of episode where I would have loved to have talked to them. I know a couple of people who are in postgraduate study at the moment, uh, looking to kind of move into that workforce. Um, but my most sort of interesting into this topic, I guess, other than sort of personal experience of going to the doctor and stuff, which maybe <laughs> you know not really interesting enough to go into, is DMI the team. work that I've done uh, at the wellington hospital as an actor doing role play work with fourth year university of otago medical students and it's been fascinating over the last year to actually understand the processes that people who are training to become doctors go through um Mm. you know i never enrolled in medical school have never flattered with someone who's gone through medical school but seeing these uh people who for the most part are younger than you and I 21 22 23 fourth year of university kind of go through the stages of training to get their qualifications man it's interesting because we think of of medical people through a quite adult lens generally or at least I do I think of my GP as sort of someone that's been there for 20 years and yep. you know yep. we put so much trust in doctors and nurses you kind of always think of them as being adults but then naturally the older you get the more you realize how many people are in their 20s and in their 30s and the the scenarios that I've done with these medical students have always been kind of um, scenarios where they've needed a human body to be able to poke and prod and and have the the person in charge of teaching them kind of say well this is how you 
blot the kidneys and this is how you feel for how long a liver is i've done lots of abdomen stuff <laughs> uh in fact on tuesday um i had i think 19 different lucky people check me for appendicitis um which according to their diagnoses i had so you know oh. um think of think of me in my fictional character yeah. but but yeah it's been really eye-opening to realize you know people that are doctors and nurses and paramedics and they all have to start somewhere yeah and you don't just magically become a qualified 33 year old gp it's like oh my god the amount of years of work and information that you have to learn like forget forget learning your lines man try and remember every single thing about the human the human body yeah. um yeah. But it's some of, it's some of the hardest thing to get into as well, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Like medical school, it's one of yeah. the most rigorous rigorous things to get into. Yeah, of course, because because they have to. You know, they have yeah. to be. Um, I guess strict with the number of people that they they let through. But it's been interesting. I've worked with uh, one one person in particular who, who sort of I guess leads these these abdomen seminars, and what she has said to the the students a few times has been like when you're when you're a doctor and a healthcare worker it's it's the equivalent of the real world versus kind of performance and so she uses me sort of as an actor as an example she always points to me she's like for him when he's on stage you know you have to perform bigger so the people at the back can see you and hear you it's more exaggerated whereas film you know everyone sees you through lens so it can be minute and she's like yep in the exams you have to perform it's kind of showing the 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 people through your training are I, I'm doing this. I'm checking my watch for the pulse and I'm feeling for this. And she's like, in the real world, there's no time. You have to skip yeah. half the stuff because you have so many patients to see that you have to get better at skipping over things that you don't need to do. And it's not about being thorough mm. all the time. Sometimes it's about actually being not thorough and skipping to the, the important things. And I thought that was fascinating. And I think you know, it's watching the faces of fourth year medical students who for the first three years, you know, it's all academic and then sit there in, uh, in a room and have a surgeon tell them like, forget the books. It's nothing like that. Like buckle up kids. Essentially. I was like, Whoa, this is really, really interesting. Um, and then in, in exam spaces, because that's what I've, you know, I, the thing I did on Tuesday and have done in previous weeks is, you know, they have to do their exams to show that they can take blood pressure. Okay. And do a, um, muscle flexibility and muscle strength exam and show that they can diagnose someone with appendicitis. It's how nervous all these people get because they're like 21, 22, 22 yeah. year olds. And they're, you know, coming in and just, they, you know, obviously want to pass so badly, but man, I, I, I don't know. I don't know how they do it. Eh? There's aspects of, of their, I guess, profession that I'm like, hmm, I'd be good at that. And Matt would be good at that. Like the bedside yeah. care, the sort of, you know, oh, of course. how are you going? Oh, you're cool. I'm just going to do this today. <laughs> Sometimes people are a little bit blunt or, and I'm like, yeah. Oh, but you know, ultimately you want all these people to pass because you want as many people in the industry, in the industry. as possible. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it's been really fascinating to, to, I guess, engage with that, particular point of i guess the healthcare force and people training and i guess the the split of academic knowledge versus like life knowledge and mm. i've definitely learned some really interesting things that i didn't realize not just about i guess the human body and healthcare specifically but also you know i had this conversation with uh, a doctor who was sort of running one of the exams and 
we had this discussion about how they're struggling to get uh, nurses and doctors into rural parts of New Zealand because mm. of the new age of thinking now where everyone wants to live in cities. No one wants to go into some rural DHB. You know, young people want to live in Wellington and Canterbury and Auckland and Tauranga. And back in the day, it, you know, it used to be the 20th century so much more of, oh, yeah, you know, we'll live anywhere in New Zealand. That's not how our generation is growing up. We don't want to go and live rurally for True. the most part. So really struggling to get young medical professionals to go and live in smaller cities is becoming really difficult. So the split of weird doctors and nurses are in the country is becoming more problematic because of the way that our generation has grown up wanting to live in big cities and i was like wow that's fascinating yeah if you know if i was a doctor growing up and there was an amazing job in the middle of rural south island would i turn that down for a less lesser job in a city that i wanted to live in and yeah it, that has been really insightful to understand just one percent of how that process works. Even the fact that doctors and surgeons and stuff just sort of, you know, they have their normal job being surgeons and then they come in for two hours to talk to 14 university students and then like shoot back to the hospital for the next surgery. It's like, back to but it. you've just done the thing, like the magic <laughs> yeah. trick. Um, yeah. It's been really, really interesting. I think that's part of why I'm valuing that job is I'm, I'm learning some you're stuff, learning. man. Just when you, when you've got, got a second and if you're ever interested, which you're probably not, you know, ask me all about the human ab- abdomen because I'll tell you some you things. You know some things. I know some things. <laughs> do, you, do you think, a question to you that kind of popped in my head, do you think it would be more beneficial to be an empath in that line of work or less? Because, I mean, I guess it's, I guess it depends what you're doing, right? Yeah. I yeah. guess, like, as a, as a, I would say, as a nurse or, like you said, at, like, bedside, being an empath would be more beneficial, yeah. right? But I guess if you are necessarily, like, a, a paramedic or maybe a surgeon having to deal with the nitty-gritty stuff, it probably wouldn't be as beneficial to be an empath. You can kind of disassociate from it all. Yeah, that's, uh, I'd say, your instincts are probably absolutely correct is that you know if you're you don't want a surgeon who's going to get emotional you want a surgeon who's going to like make the decision um you know i can't do the surgery because it will risk that person's life well maybe the decision is that you have to go about it and the risk um it has to be taken um Mm. but yeah bedside manner stuff there uh is an element of that exam that i had on tuesday where i think like one percent of the scoring was based on what i thought of their bedside manner like i was i'm given a small proportion of opportunity to say to the marker i'd give them the score of the score based on how likely you would go back to them yeah and as i said before you know you want everyone to pass so there's never an occasion where i might give them a zero (laughs) one um (laughs) but yes some people are more gifted than others in that sort of social interaction but then there were some students who are just so fastidious and rigorous with you do this and you do this and you do this in the like six minutes that they had. So yeah, I think being an empath is probably really important for someone who has that bedside behavior, but that, that is a priority probably goes out the window for other aspects of, you know, healthcare. Yeah. 
Yeah. No, it's just a thought that popped into my head because I, I was thinking back to the protectors episode in the sense of, you know, potentially being an empath or something in that line of work. And I would, you know, I would probably think that there would be less empaths in that sort of, you know, it's you know, rigorous, get the job done kind of thing. Um, but I guess, it, I guess it goes the same way, depending on where you are in the field, um, obviously, with, with health kids. Yeah, and because the, the healthcare field is so broad, yeah, that's probably part of the decision making for those people. I mean, yeah, there was a, true might was, push them in a certain direction. Yeah, there was an interesting exam where I did the blood pressure uh, thing, where they just come in, they take your blood pressure, and essentially leave pretty quickly, and they they tell the the examiner what your blood pressure was, and it's never really about them getting it right. It's about them the procedure being correct. Yeah. And all these, uh, you know, 21, 23 year olds come in and do the same sort of thing. And then there was one, this one guy that came in, blitzed through it, didn't do the, I mean, normally they do the test twice. One is sort of yep. without stethoscope and one is with the stethoscope. You kind of get a broad reading and then a specific reading. And this guy just came and blitzed and did it once, gave his thing and, and sort of left. And the examiner was sort of the equivalent of like cracking up. And he said to me, that guy's been a, paramedic for 10 years and has just now decided to study to become a doctor wow so his outlook on healthcare and providing that kind of assistance is completely different than all these 21 year olds who've never worked in the field because he's seen lots of stuff get it and done. he knows yeah. that time is money get it done yep. and a lot yep. of this uh academic stuff is all performatory it's it's yeah. like you have to do the stuff to show that you can do it and he was kind of 10 years ahead of that wow. because he'd lived he's lived the experiences as a paramedic so that was really really interesting to That's compare it, that, that experience to the the kind of i'm a university student i want to go about things the right way hmm. um but yeah just fat, fascinating to see people in and around our age going on that career path i'm sure in three five ten years i'll come across someone in a hospital or in a gp practice and i'll be like didn't you didn't you feel my <laughs> I know, yeah. Yeah. once um <laughs> but yeah i i hope that our generation is providing as many people into the health care industry as previous generations i, I mm. don't know if you can find those stats online i have no idea if you know we're seeing an uptick or we're seeing a, a downtick of of how many people are coming through. I mean, obviously we know that across the board, there is great need for more healthcare workers. I mean, don't even get us started on the state of uh, mental healthcare in, in New Zealand. Yeah. I mean, we've, we've touched on it before, but ultimately I think the main thing to really speak to is all these people that work within healthcare, their job is to make other people better. Whether it's yeah. physical health, mental health, specific surgeries, providing medicine. And yet so often we don't think about how they are doing and their are, physical health, yeah. and their mental health, because yeah. you, you know, we look at them as, as the healers and we don't think, Oh, but they are people with lives. And this is, yes, this is their job, but also what is happening in, in the minds and bodies of the people we're relying on. Mm. Um, you know, it's all very well to say the mental health system's broken. We need more psychologists. We need more psychiatrists. Like, yeah, but think of the people who are working in that industry who are having to turn away people in need because they physically can't take on more patients 
I mean, that must be pretty distressing to, to see the state of kind of your industry in such need and been not really be able to do much about it. Um, True. And yeah, I mean, we don't have the solutions. It's not our job to come up with the solutions, but if nothing else, we can recognize that so often we talk about healthcare workers as kind of these groups of people like the nurses and yep. the doctors, but actually yep. they're just built up of individuals like you and me who are kind of giving their lives to serve the greater cause of looking after the, the health of New Zealand. And man, if it wasn't for them, we would be stuffed. Yeah, totally. In so many different ways, not even just through this pandemic not even just through this so yeah yeah it's uh, it's it's a scary thing to think about in the sense of i mean uh, look me personally i yeah i very much don't like seeing a doctor um i know i'm definitely not taking as much care about myself but i am definitely that type of person that i will not go until i'm like on the floor and you can see that something is wrong with me um but that doesn't mean i don't appreciate uh you know what they are doing and what they are for um but yeah i think it's just you know we we wanted to talk about this today to kind of just like like any topic we have just to start the conversation just to start talking about it and to recognize it as well um and kind of see what you can you can do um i mean it's obviously you know there's definitely you know plenty of outlets uh where you know our healthcare system is publicly funded but you know i'm sure there's ways that we we can donate to charities and show our support and things like that and yeah it's getting behind these people that just want to you know make a difference in their own lives because as you said james they are literally the ones (laughs) keeping us alive and healthy um I guess when things get dire and in need and we, we need that obviously. Um, but yeah, uh, it's, uh, it's, 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 it's always hard. It's always hard coming into these situations and talking about these things because yeah, we're, we're not in, we're not in those industries. Um, but it is always fascinating to kind of, to, to think about and to, and to discuss more. Yeah. And as you say, there, there are outlets, you know, whenever there's the next nurses strike in March and, and your city, maybe go along. Go I've on. never been on a nurses' march. It's definitely something that I would probably set aside more time to go about now than I would have ever thought about kind of a year ago. Because I would have thought, oh, I'm not a nurse. That's not for me. But in the same reason yeah. as you can go on a march for you know, something like Black Lives Matter, even if you're not black or a person of color, it doesn't mean you can't show your, your support and be an ally for that cause. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm sure over the next few years, local council, government, there's 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 always stuff to be aware of. And the more aware you are of things that need change, the more you can sort of lend your voice to that. And that's essentially what Matt and I have, have wanted to do today. And just generally to, to recognize the, the role of healthcare workers within our society. And hey, even if it's something as simple as when you go and get your COVID vaccination, just actually thanking the person that's there rather than it being, a, yeah. a, a, oh, I'm here, I've got the vax, I'm doing my part. It's like, well, what about the person who's leaning through the car door window giving it to you? Like, thank you for what you're doing. Um, yeah. yeah. So, so yeah, I mean, we've by no means solved the great healthcare crisis <laughs> in this no. country. Um but yeah, when we considered talking about public servants and the different sort of key uh, people in this this country that 
contribute to this country uh healthcare workers were always always going to be um a big one so yeah i i I feel like i feel like we've we've hit some some good points while not presenting all the answers because we we doth not have them we doth not have them no and and we may not uh ever have them um but i guess that's just it it's for you people that are listening to uh potentially maybe go find them get yeah. talking about it yeah um and yeah get more about you know if you have people in the industry and things uh, i mean as we always say about mental health for anyone in general uh check up on them see how they're doing um and if there's anything that you can do for them but we all we all respond differently we all need different things so it's just about listening to those people and and that's what we need to do was we need to listen to these people that are crying out for help yeah absolutely absolutely um and you know just becoming more informed and as you know we've had people say to us trying to not be tokenistic in our support of them by calling them heroes or yeah clapping on the streets not that that was really quite such such a big thing (laughs) here um but yeah it would be really interesting to take this into the next episode that we do in the public service trilogy talking about politicians and i guess the the role of the people whose job it is to fundamentally make change um but that's an episode for an, another day, isn't it? Yes, it is. It is. And uh, yeah, there'll be there'll be something in between, something a little bit more lighthearted before we get to that episode. Uh, but nevertheless, it will be coming and it will close out uh, our public servants. Yeah, for sure. Well, thank you for today, my friend, as always. No, thank, thank you, you for thank your, you. your research and your, your sharing uh, some insight from you you know your fa- your family experience it's always yeah. nice to to hear the personal side of things um and yeah thank you to you the li- the listeners we're always interested to to hear your your feedback whether you're someone that works within the industry or is close to people who work within the healthcare industry one in 20 according to statistica um but yeah we're, we'll see we'll see how this leads into politicians uh we've done We've done the protectors. We've done the healers. We haven't come up with a name for the next episode. No, we haven't quite figured that out yet. you better believe it will be catchy. (laughs) You better believe it. You better. Awesome, bro. Well, thank you for today. Thank you to our listening audience. Uh, And I guess all that has left to be said is we'll see you next time. Peace!